Myself Chakras, episode 85. The same energy, the same spirit that built our body in the womb originally is still available to us. We can access that same creative healing energy through the breath. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, action takers? AJ here, and it's a beautiful morning here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Longer days, warmer days, more sunshine, ice-capped mountains in the distance, and the Syrian Pacific Ocean. The Vancouver summer is something that everyone looks forward to, and we're almost there. And action takers, every time I release a new show, I wonder where you are listening to this episode from. That's right, you. Are you sitting in the bus or the train? Are you on your way to work? Are you listening to this episode in your car or at home when you're coming back from work in the evening? Now, what I also think about is how can I serve you better? What information do you need? What new practice do you want to know about? Or what area of your life do you want to improve and better? Do you struggle with weight loss, relaxed sleep, or stress or anxiety? As you can see, I have a lot of questions, but only because I want to get to know you better. And that's why Action Taker, this month I am conducting a short survey called the Human Revolution 2016, which contains just one question. What is your single biggest frustration or passion when it comes to alternative healing? To participate and fill in the survey, all you have to do is visit our website. That's my7chakras.com slash survey. Fill in your details and answer just one question. Once again, the link is our website. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S dot com slash survey. So take part in the survey and allow me to serve you better. And today I am really excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Dan Brule. So Dan, are you ready to inspire? Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. So Dan Brule is a modern day teacher and healer, an innovative, unorthodox, irreverent, creative, game-changing entrepreneur. He is a master of prana yoga, the Hindu science of breath, and of Qigong, Chinese medical breathing exercises. Dan is a world-renowned pioneer in the field of breathwork and leader of the worldwide spiritual breathing movement. He is one of the originators of breath therapy and was among the first group of internationally certified rebirthers. So Dan, that was a short intro, but take about a minute and help us get to know you better. Well, for me, it feels like the spirit of breath at some point early in my life just picked me up by the scruff of my neck and has been throwing me around the world for the last 40 years, teaching people to take advantage of something really beautiful and even miraculous that's right under their nose, and that is the breath itself. And I love to be with people when they discover what they've got and they begin to play with the possibilities that are open to us when we open our breath. And so I am a student of the breath and a teacher of the breath and a servant of the spirit of breath. And I really don't know what else to do with my life because every day brings me another really wonderful experience with someone who is, well, taking action by uh, learning to explore and develop their power and their potential through breathwork. 
Well, thanks a lot for that awesome intro. I'm really looking forward to learning more about that wonderful miracle that's just beneath our nose, which we can take more advantage of. So Dan, you are the world-renowned pioneer in the field of breath work and the leader of the worldwide spiritual breathing movement. So before we begin today's show, help us breathe some life into today's episode with some inspirational words. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote in your life? Well, the same energy, the same spirit that built our body in the womb originally is still available to us. We can access that same creative healing energy through the breath. And it's not just a theory or a beautiful spiritual idea to me. It's a, it's an everyday experience with everyone I work with. Wonderful. So you mentioned the same energy. Action Take is the same energy that built your spirit, that built your body within the womb. That is still available to us. We just need to know how to tap into that. There are a set of steps that we need to take. There's some mindset that we need to get into, but we're going to dive deeper into that. Now, Dan, what really inspired you to start your website? breathmastery.com. Well, um, maybe a, a combination of devotion and laziness. I wanted to master something and it had to be something very basic that would affect everything else. And being a basically lazy person, I didn't want something really complicated and difficult. And uh, in my own life experience, when I got through difficult moments or I needed inspiration or I needed energy or I needed to calm down or I needed to find my center, the breath was right there waiting for me. And so at some point, I realized, well, this is it. There's nothing more that I need to base my life on. This can be the centerpiece of my life. And I began to connect it to everything else. And the process and the learning and the teaching continues today. Mm-hmm. Now, breathing as a practice is something that's inherent within us. Breathing is something that everyone does. <laughs> if you don't breathe, we stop living. But it's so easy to forget that, right? So what exactly is breath therapy? Well, uh, breath therapy has two basic principles. One is that the breathing mechanism has been damaged or inhibited or suppressed in some way because of trauma, because of birth trauma, early infancy traumas, emotional traumas, psychological traumas, physical traumas. All of these things put a dent in our breathing system. And gradually over time, layers of of uh, trauma, psychological stresses and so on, inhibit the breathing. And so the breath needs to be healed. The breathing mechanism itself needs to be restored to its full potential. And that's the one of the foundations of breath therapy, to reawaken the full potential of our breathing. And the second part is that once the breathing mechanism is healed, the breath and breathing becomes a therapeutic tool. So we can use our breath and the mind to heal our body. We can use the breath and our body to heal our mind and emotion. And so breath therapy is about healing the breathing, restoring its full natural capacity, and then applying conscious breathing as a therapeutic, self-empowering, self-healing tool. So you mentioned that the breathing mechanism has been damaged due to so many reasons, mm-hmm. because stress, trauma, pressure through our lives, you know, things that happen around us, and it isn't that therapeutic tool anymore that it's meant to be. But as you mentioned, the therapy helps us make it that tool, make it that wonderful therapeutic tool once again. So let's take a couple of steps back. Where did breath therapy originate from? Well, we were looking for uh, some way to refer to it. And so we looked at, well, what are the results? What are the benefits? What are people getting from it? Mm -hmm. And it kept 
coming back to uh, this therapeutic aspect of the breathing. If you realize or think about breathing as a behavior, breathing is a behavior. And obviously, there are certain behaviors that support us and certain behaviors, maybe unconscious behaviors, we learn them unconsciously, but certain behaviors interfere and get in our way. And so when you look at breathing as a behavior and you begin to modify your behavior, you can clear up a lot of problems. You can uh, resolve a lot of issues. So that therapeutic aspect seems to be built into the process as if we ourselves have a self-healing capacity and is just waiting to be activated, waiting to be used and tapped like a natural resource. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Breathing has become a behavior. And uh, especially for me, when I did my yoga sessions just a couple of months back, when I'm focusing on a particular pose, it's so easy to focus on that pose and try to get it correct and then stop being more mindful about my breathing, you know. Yeah. And the instructor said, you know, in yoga, if there's something that you should learn, if you forget every pose, if you just remember how to breathe effectively, that's yoga. <laughs> yes, and becoming... Uh, and that's you're moving into the actual practical aspects of breath work. And the first step, the first key is breath awareness mm -hmm. is exactly what you just brought up. Becoming aware of our breathing at certain moments when usually it's the last thing we would think about. But if we focused on it in that moment, it could be a key to getting through a difficulty, uh, reaching some goal or some intention. And so breath awareness is the first key. And that's one of the first things we teach because it has such so much power. If you just become aware of your breath, breathing, when mm -hmm. someone is insulting you, when you're listening to music, when you're stuck in traffic, when you're trying to solve a problem. If in that moment, if you could back up and notice, okay, what's happening to my breath right now, you would make some very important connections because the average person holds their breath maybe a thousand times a day, just for a moment, trying to remember something, mm -hmm. they hold their breath. Uh, putting a key in the door, they hold their breath. Uh, you know, turning backwards, uh, you know, leaning backwards to back up their car, they hold their breath. Getting up from a chair, they lock their breathing. And it's just a moment, but it's totally unconscious. And so when you become aware, you begin to allow the breath to flow in those moments, which in turn allows energy and healing energy, creative energy, thoughts uh, to also flow and move. So breath awareness, that's you You really, your yoga teacher was right on. <laughs> if you're going to give up everything else and remember one thing, that's a beautiful key to just observe your breathing, notice your breath, become aware of how how you're breathing in different moments and situations. That's so, so powerful. So you spoke about behavior, some behaviors that serve us and some that don't. Let's talk about ineffective habits. A lot of people have jobs where they sit, in, you know, on a desk in a cubicle from nine to five, facing a computer screen five days a week. What are some of the symptoms or results of ineffective or improper breathing? Well, breath holding is one. Uh, just, you know, people talk about sleep apnea. For example, many people suffer from sleep apnea, whether they hold their breath, you know, through the night again and again. And uh, one of the things I've learned is that everyone who suffers from sleep apnea, for example, also suffers from waking apnea. Mm. They're also holding their breath during the day. They're concentrating on something. They get totally disconnected from their body. And the only way to reconnect to your body, to feel your body, is to breathe. When you breathe consciously, you, you wake up your connection to your body. And that's really important if you have a, you know, if you're in front of a computer all day, you can even forget that you have a body. <laughs> and, and the body is, is the source of creativity. It's the source of intuition. And so we need to be in touch with it. And the best way to be in touch with it is by consciously breathing. Mm -hmm. So there you go, action takers, the way to reconnect
connect with your body is to breathe, but not just breathe, to breathe consciously. And when you said that, uh, Dan, what came to my mind was when somebody is in love, you know, two people are in love, they say to each other, you take my breath away. <laughs> right. Maybe it should be, you give me a reason to breathe. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Now, going back in time, how did you become aware of this particular practice, breath work? Well, I was uh, originally, when I graduated high school, I was in, uh, I was studying uh, medical technology, x-ray technology. And one of the courses we were uh, allowed or encouraged to take was a CPR course, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. And the first time I resuscitated someone, it just felt like a, a genuine miracle. The person was clinically dead. They had no pulse. They weren't breathing. And we came into the room and you blow into them and they blink and wake mm-hmm. up. It was a, a real lesson in the miracle of breath that we, we can share our breath and literally give a person life. That excited me so much that I just never looked anywhere else. Uh, in the military, I was working as an underwater rescue specialist. I was rescuing drowning people. I was a deep sea diver. I was mixing gases for, uh, for deep sea diving. And I was also helping people kind of break through limitations in difficult training situations and high stress situations. How do you keep your balance? How do you find energy? to go that extra mile when you need to. And then it was always the breath. It was always coming back to the breath as a way to relax and calm down or as a way to wake ourselves up and charge ourselves or something to focus on to keep us going. (laughs) And so I can't even find the beginning point when I got onto this path of breath mastery. Um, You know, I can go all the way back to kindergarten and Catholic school and listening to the priest uh, tell us that, you know, in the beginning, God formed the body of man uh, from the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostrils of man, the breath of life. And as a five-year-old child, that, that the idea just lit me up. I, it was so exciting to me to, to think that, wow, every breath, God is breathing into me? That's amazing. That's, why isn't everybody excited right now? This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really find this. Maybe that was a starting point. <laughs> but uh, I had near-drowning experiences, which alerted me to my breath, made me very passionate about breathing, made me very happy when I could begin to breathe again. So it just seems that life has had this conspiracy to make sure that I didn't miss what my life was about. (laughs) If I missed it in one way, I would get the message in another way. And that continues today. If I lose my motivation or if I start to get flat in my uh, thinking, something will happen to bring me back uh, to the breath, some miracle, some amazing insight, some new piece of information, or someone knocking on my door for the first time to see what the practice holds for them. And uh, so, yeah, it's one of those like a Zen-like thing. I, I really can't find the beginning and I'm not sure that there will ever be an end. Wonderful. You mentioned that the first time you resuscitated someone, it really felt like a miracle. It seemed like they were dead. But as soon as you did that, they came back to life after blinking and twitching. And, I, and the way you said it, it felt really empowering, felt so inspiring. Uh, you actually spoke about both your spiritual inspiration of God, and then you spoke about the science side of it as well. So my question is, what does science and research have to say about the benefits of breathwork? Well, you know, we, we know about the, the nervous system. And we have this uh, two branches of the autonomic nervous system, which is the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch. Mm -hmm. And the sympathetic is the active fight or flight uh, kind of emergency uh, energy side of it. And the parasympathetic side is the rest and digest and recover and heal. And it's the counterbalance to the sympathetic. Well, 
breathing is tied directly to that nervous system. So every time we inhale and every time we exhale, we're actually hacking into the autonomic nervous system. And so, and we do that through the vagus nerve, which is an amazing thing in itself. The vagus nerve is the biggest nerve in the body. It's probably about two feet long. It has limbs. It has a size. It looks, I saw one dissected on an, on an examining table one time, just taken out of the human body and just laying there by itself. And it looked like an alien creature. <laughs> but the point, it's really amazing. But the point is that up until only less than 20 years ago, I mean, we're, we're not talking, you know, old science. This is relatively new science. Uh, all of the medical scientists thought that the vagus nerve was the way that the brain controlled everything in the body because when you track the vagus nerve it starts in the brain it's got two sides and starts in the ancient part of the brain it's got two branches and it goes and it touches every organ every muscle every joint it basically vagus is built on the same word as vagabond which means it wanders Mm -hmm. so scientists knew that this nerve wandered everywhere in the body but they assumed that it was how the brain controlled the body but only recently have they learned that 80 percent of the signals 80 percent of the information traveling through the vagus nerve is information from the body to the brain. And so the brain isn't controlling everything. It's managing all of the information that we send it through the vagus nerve by the way that we breathe. And so when you begin to control your breathing and you give your breathing certain patterns, you send very specific information to the brain, which causes the brain to produce certain states, certain chemicals, certain emotions, and so on. So now science understands, ah, so this is why when we control our breathing, we control our emotions. This is why when we control our breathing, we control our mind. Aha, this is why when we control our breathing, we control our blood pressure, we control our temperature, we control lots of other things. And so uh, this is exciting because it's only recently that science has been able to kind of nail it down and go, aha, so this is why. Up until recently, it was Mm -hmm. intuitive. You know, yogis have been saying it for a long time. If you control your breathing, you can control these other things. But finally, science is really uh, catching up. And uh, it's, it's exciting for me because 40 years ago, I, I felt like a voice in the desert, you know, <laughs> crying out in the wilderness and people were saying, breathing? What's why? What? What's to know? And so it's fun for me now to see that uh, medical science is, uh, is confirming what many people, you know, intuitively knew. So there you go, action takers. Up until 20 years back, they assumed that the vagus nerve, the longest nerve, was how the brain controls the body. But what they found out through research is actually 80% of the info is from the body to the brain. A transition from controlling to managing. And again, this was one of the best clear and definite explanations of the mind-body connection. So thanks a lot for that, Dan. You're welcome. (laughs) Now, we get inspired when we hear about someone who learned a new practice, such as breathwork, somebody who took action and experienced a major breakthrough. So let's talk about a student or client of yours who initially had some sort of a challenge, but experienced a transformation after learning breathwork. Uh, I just got an email from someone, and so it's a a great reminder and it's timely. Uh, Her name is Julia. I met her when she was just a 13-year-old child in central Russia, and that was probably 20 years ago, uh, more than 20 years ago now. And um, she had serious uh, childhood diseases 
doctors, really the doctors who didn't give her any hope. Her parents had taken her to doctors and hospital. They just had nothing they could do for her. And uh, she's now 27 years old. Mm -hmm. She's living in Japan. She speaks Japanese, Hindi, English. She's learning another language. And uh, she was literally not supposed to be alive beyond 14 years old. And she did it through breathing and also through positive psychology and sheer willingness and just her, her spirit. And, you know, breathing is a way for us to get in touch with that spirit. And she managed to do it and to heal herself of extraordinary stuff. And another one as well, just some guys like Navy SEALs, for example, mm. who are in a life or death situation and their physiology, you're, you know, you're suddenly overwhelmed with panic or overwhelmed with stress and you still have to perform. And some people manage to do the most incredible things under the most incredible situations. And the core in those heroes that I've talked to is that their breathing training kicked in. It allowed them to focus. It allowed them to, you know, brush away the fearful thoughts and it allowed them to center and it gave them energy to move. And so there are lots of those stories where under high stress situations, the uh, the, the training to breathe gets them through. And then there's simple stories like people who just, you know, they think that having a couple of headaches per week or getting the flu five or six times a year, that that's just a normal thing that it happens to everybody. But I have now students and clients that I've known for 20, 25 years who haven't had the common cold, who haven't had anything like the flu since they started doing breath work and whose headaches disappeared. And so uh, we have healing abilities and the breathing seems to be a way that we can activate them. So thanks a lot for sharing those incredible insights and stories. Now, for someone starting off, someone who is new to meditation and breath work, who wants to become healthier in body and mind and sees breath work as the way to get there. Is there a health tip that you could share with our listeners that could be implemented immediately? Yes. Tune into your breathing during different situations. And uh, so that means that you have to develop a daily practice of some kind where, you, you know, you get up in the morning and you simply observe your breathing. You become the watcher, the witness of your breathing. And that's enough to really start. And then pay attention to your breathing during moments during the day. I think, as I mentioned earlier, maybe during, you know, critical moments where maybe someone is insulting you or maybe your, your mind is stuck on something or maybe you're suddenly feeling sad or depressed. And if in those moments you turn to your breath, that has tremendous, tremendous benefits. And so the one thing you want to do once you turn to your breath is to breathe consciously, is to take in a little more breath than usual. So you create an extra stretch on the inhale and then let the exhale go and empty yourself a bit more. So it's as if you were breathing in that point of on a scale of zero to 10 and zero is empty and 10 is full. And without realizing it, you've been breathing between four and six and the breathing has become very inhibited and very shallow. And what you need mm -hmm. to do is to expand the breath, even if it's just one or two breaths in those moments. You just pull in a little more and you empty a little more. And that changes the energy. It changes your focus and anyone can do it. And it doesn't take uh, much practice. It just takes remembering and, uh, and then actually doing 
If you take two basic reflexes, like a sigh of relief and yawning, and you just practice those things, <laughs> yawning and sigh of relief, they have tremendous therapeutic benefit. And if you do them in those moments when you're, you're getting a little tense or you're getting a little uh, depressed or running out of energy, and you just deliberately yawn and deliberately give yourself big sighs of relief, within just three or four of those breaths, within a minute, you've totally changed your energy. It's really exciting. And and it's easy to prove to yourself. Just remember to do it in one of those moments and watch how it changes everything. Well, thanks a lot for those powerful tips. I'm going to add that into the show notes as well. Tuning into your breathing during different situations and making it a practice and really observing your breathing during different times, different events during the day. Now, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. This is a beautiful quote by Walt Whitman. Action takers focus is going to be a huge or focus is going to play a huge role in your transformation and personal development. It's not easy, I know, when you're facing numerous challenges in your life, when things or people around you don't support you or empower you. But if you focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, the shadows will literally fall behind you. So Dan, I'm sure that you've had your fair share of challenging moments as well. So take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach this challenge and find Finally, how did you overcome it? Well, I think back to my military days when in genuine danger for my life <laughs> and the first thought, you know, that, uh-oh, and you knew that some this is, you're being tested. This is way out of the normal bounds. And the very first thing is to control your self-talk and not to slip into degrading uh, self-talk and being able in those moments to say something to yourself like, I can do this or I got this or you know, something positive, that very first uh, thought is going to determine which way the energy goes. As soon as you have an uh-oh, <laughs> then you need to get back into that flow state and make sure it doesn't degrade anymore. So having the help of someone else, like we can do this or You'll, you can make it. And having someone else give me that encouragement allowed me to remind myself. And so we can remind each other. And that's uh, in those times when all you have is yourself. If there isn't a voice to encourage you, you're going to have a very difficult time. And if on top of that, you have an actual critical voice that's, you know, that's degrading your performance and that's sabotaging your, your abilities, then that voice needs to be replaced and controlled. And I think that's a very first step. And when I look at how I got through those difficult moments, it was that ability to be able to stay positive, to stay focused, and then to be able to actually give myself energy and not allow my body to get locked up. And so in those moments, the ability to let go, to let go of a thought or to let go of tension got me through to let go of, you know, like urge to freeze. I mean, in an emergency, everyone freezes. But the, uh, the end, the question is, how long do you freeze? How quickly do you recover from that freeze reflex? Because even the high, the most highly trained people still have that freeze reflex when something, when the poop hits the fan, let's say. But the difference is how quickly you recover from that freeze. The average person sort of stays stuck in it. And precious moments in the beginning of an experience are wa wasted or lost. And so the sooner you can wake up, the sooner you can let go, the sooner you can take 
discharge, the better your odds are for getting through serious uh, life-threatening situations. Mm -hmm. And I've been in a few of those. So I've actually been able to test it and learn, you know, what's important. And it comes down to those three things, to wake up, have situational awareness, have awareness of your self-talk, awareness of your body, your tension, and then this ability to let go, let go of limiting or negative thoughts, let go of physical tension. And then the third is to just take charge and take action. And if you've trained yourself, the action you take will kick in automatically. And in those moments when you don't have time to think, it's your training that decides, determines what you do. So my lesson is that I'm training myself to be loving and training myself to be compassionate, training myself to be relaxed and training myself to be aware and alert and energized. So in those moments, if suddenly there's an emergency, those are the things that kick in automatically and they get me through more gracefully than if I hadn't trained in all those ways. So looking back at your life now, what is that one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story? I was with Indira Gandhi in 1980, mm -hmm. August of 1980. What a blessing to meet this beautiful woman. My, It was actually my third day in India and in Delhi. And just by some amazing, go, however it works, I ended up spending almost an hour uh, meeting, sitting with uh, Indira Gandhi. And I observed every breath she took. And I was just mesmerized by her breathing because her breathing was so alive. And I began to see how as her emotions changed, has her mental focus changed, has as her level of physical comfort changed, her breathing was expressing that. And by observing her breath, I began to be able to feel what was happening inside of her. I knew what she was thinking. It gave me access to her soul, to mm -hmm. to something a, a poker player wouldn't want you to know. <laughs> and I left that first meeting. I've never looked at another person's breathing in the same way. Because when she got excited, her breath opened up and the higher part of her chest. When she was signing a document where she had some conflicting thoughts, I could see her breathing suddenly kind of get locked up. And when she took a sigh of relief and leaned back in her chair with satisfaction, I felt the satisfaction in her body. So that experience of being with Indira Gandhi that day changed the way I looked at breathing every day since then. Thanks a lot for sharing your story. Now, as you mentioned, a civilian life is one thing, but if you're in the military, especially if your life is in danger, it's very easy to get into a spiral of negative self-talk. At these moments, when you don't have the support of somebody else to get you back on track, in these moments, your practice, your habit of letting go, getting back into the moment and using your situational awareness and you know recovering from the freezer flex that you refer to, that's what makes the difference. And action takers, when you make a decision to focus on where you want to go, you learn that life is infinite and never-ending. And you learn to embrace that stream of never-ending happiness by recognizing the doors that the universe opens for us. Because as Helen Keller once exclaimed, when one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long <laughs> at the closed door and we do not see the one that has mm -hmm. opened for us. So Dan... Oh, I love that stream of unending <laughs> 
bring happiness. That is so very true. And nothing allows us to access that stream more quickly and more easily than breathing itself. When you develop the ability to get pleasure, mm-hmm. genuine organic pleasure from the breath, then you have a key to be feeling pleasure in the middle of any situation, any circumstance, no matter what's happening inside of you, no matter what's happening around you, you always have that key, that door to this feeling of, of aliveness, of joy, of freedom. And it's you find it's not dependent on the situations. It's something you can access from within yourself in spite of the situations or the conditions. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Now, Dan, more than 100,000 people in over 45 countries now apply your breathing exercise and techniques in their lives, including Olympic champions, elite martial artists, psychotherapists, medical experts, and business executives. So my question to you is, have you found your life's purpose? And if yes, what is your life purpose at this point in time? Yeah, breathing is my favorite way to be with people. And so when I have an opportunity to do what I love, it's just the most, you know, I'm so very grateful. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I love and to have what I love really making a difference. And so, yeah, I have found my purpose in life. I'm a spokesman for the breath. I'm a servant of the breath. I'm a teacher and a student of breathing. And even in the last week, I've learned a couple of amazing things I can't wait to share. And so, yeah, this is my purpose. So looking back at your life now, was there ever a particular moment, let's call it a magic moment, beyond which you realized without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? Yeah, I was in India. I was in Harakan with uh, with Babaji, who was written about in uh, the autobiography of the yogi Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda's book. And I had the, you know, I mean, just the amazing blessing to be in his presence and uh, to spend time with him and to learn from him. And um, I got very, very clear in when I was there at the ashram that this this was indeed my purpose. And I left India with no doubt. I never really, this was in 1980. And uh, when I left in 1980, I had an advertising business. When I returned afterwards, I had a breathing business. And it's I've never gone back. I love that. You have a breathing business and you had an advertising business <laughs> before that. And uh, that brings us really to the last round of today's episode called the Wisdom Round. And this round is a rapid fire round during which I'll be asking you a total of four questions. So are you ready? Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back at your life, what was the best advice that somebody ever gave you? Uh, my professor at the university, Milton Young, who said, look, Dan, it's okay to just say whatever you need to say, do whatever you need to do to get someone in the room. And once they're in the room, just do what you do. So he gave me kind of permission to package this breathing in whatever way works to have people come and actually practice. And once they're in the room, I could use Buddhist terminology to get them there. I could use Christian terminology to get them there. I could use any metaphor to get them there. But once they're there, then we do what we do. And he kind of gave me permission instead of trying to just tell people what we're going to do, just tell them what they need to hear so that they'll do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, to me, that was that kind of said, ah, okay, good. That makes it easier. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds like spiritual advertising because I am also learning about copywriting these days. Oh. And uh, someone I really follow is Gary Halbert. And what he speaks about is the AIDA formula, which is the attract, interest, desire, and action. And sometimes, 
sometimes you have a wonderful message that you really want to give to people but uh, the same message might not suit all the audience so as you mentioned some people might get attracted through their practice of buddhism some christianity but they're all coming for the same reason is to use breathing to change their lives and those around them yeah so name a personal habit that contributes to your well-being personal habit yeah uh the ability to let go, the ability to catch myself when I'm projecting my thoughts or my ideas or my desires onto someone or into a situation, the ability to kind of let go and step back from myself and look at a situation not through just my perspective, but from a wider, you know, how would the space, how would intelligent space look at the situation and not just my personal ego or history. That ability to step back from myself, I think, is one of the most important skills I practice and abilities that I have. So then what's your morning ritual like? Ah, well, as soon as I'm in that little, I'm in that edge between sleeping and waking and I'm realizing that I'm waking, I focus on my breath, I focus on gratitude, and then I, I usually do a few minutes of conscious breathing. And uh, depending on how I fell asleep or what was on my mind the night before, I'll probably be breathing some intention for that day. Gratitude is a very important morning ritual and uh, breathing, moving the breath and then moving the body allowing my day to start with touching upon my my breathing. Now, I know that you've read thousands of books up until now, but if you had to choose just one, what is that one book that has made a significant impact on your life? Hmm. I think it would be The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East by Baird Spaulding. And specifically, that's a five-volume set. And book number four in that series uh, would be the one because that's where the chapter on prana is. <laughs> and I, it's one of those books where you underline everything and highlight highlight everything and write in the notes and pretty soon you can't even read the book anymore because you've written all over it and underlined and circled everything. That fourth book in that uh, Life and Teachings of the Master of the Far East was my breathing Bible for quite a while. I think those are the books that I like the most, you know, books that you can underline, you can put dog's ears on it, and then you, you go back to the book so many times. And I think it's a result of it being so interesting and so actionable, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. that you can't just help reading it and taking action. And our listeners know that the links and insights shared during this episode can be accessed by going to our website. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com slash 85. That's my7chakras.com slash 85. So Dan, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. Before we end today's session, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and then tell us the best way we can find you online. Well, I'm grateful that I can feel, you know, even feeling discomfort. The fact that we can feel anything to me is a miracle. And um, I am just so grateful that I can feel, I can feel what other people are feeling. I can feel things around me before I'm conscious of them. I I'm so grateful for my, I guess you call it intuitive feelings. And um, and I guess, you know, for something I do, you we mentioned this earlier, um, I have a book. It's called Shut Up and Breathe. I could have called it Why I'm Not a Therapist. <laughs> <laughs> because when people start to tell me about their problems, I just, my urge is to look, just shut up and just breathe right now. <laughs> and so I decided to call the book that. And it's a free download. People love it. It, it covers a lot of 
approaches to breathing. There's a lot of very practical techniques and exercise. It's free. It's on breathmastery.com. And um, I am going to create a special page called breathmastery.com forward slash chakras. And there you can uh, get an extra special bonus, I call it. It's a book and it's a transcript of some seminars that were based on spiritual breathing and it's called the Spiritual Breathing Files. And for the, your chakra listeners, that'll be a, an extra special free gift for them. So there you go, Action Takers. You have come so far. You've listened to the episode. You've taken it all in. And now's the next step. Now you need to claim these special resources, the special uh, book that Dan has specially given for our listeners, the listeners of My 7 Chakras, which you can access by going to the website, breathmastery.com slash chakras right so again especially for my seven chakra listeners Dan thanks a lot for being so kind I'm sure our listeners would love your wonderful gifts well thank you AJ it's really been uh, a wonderful to speak with you so thanks once again for coming to our show talking to us about the power of breathing and taking us one leap closer to a human revolution Listening to My Seven Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.